Hey there, my name's Daniel. You're about to listen to the Saints Church Podcast, and you're about to hear a life-changing message. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy. Hey, good to be with you today. I'm excited to dive back into the Word with you. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to John chapter 9, and we're going to read verse uh, 1 to 5 and verse 17. It says this, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Teacher, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it a result of his own sins or those of his parents? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. He was born blind so the power of God could be seen in him. All of us must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one uh, who sent me because there is little time left before the night falls and all work comes to an end. But while I am still here in the world, I am the light of the world. And then Jesus goes on to uh, heal this blind man. They ask a lot of questions. There's a whole bunch of things going on. The blind man can see. He's telling everybody. Uh, and then we get to verse 17. It says this. It says, and the Pharisees once again questioned the man who had been blind, and they demanded, this man who opened your eyes, who do you say he is? Or another translation says, what is your opinion about the man who healed you? And the man replied, I think he must be a prophet. Why don't we take a minute to pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you today that your word is alive, it's powerful, it's true, it moves in our hearts and our lives, and as we dive deeper into who you are, I pray that we would just be able to see your grace, your goodness, and develop uh, a, a closer relationship and a deeper understanding with you and of you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, as we continue to study this idea of the Trinity, we are remembering that we're looking at the fact that there is one God revealed in three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, we've been talking about the Father, and now we're going to transition, and we're going to talk about the Son. But in other words, what we're doing is we're starting to talk about Jesus. Who is Jesus? Why is Jesus important? What uh, comes to mind when you hear about Jesus? What do you know about Jesus? What have people's opinions been about Jesus? And in the story that we read of this man who was born blind, uh, even surrounding Jesus when he walked the earth, uh, there's consistently been this arguing, there's been this confusion, there's been questioning around who he was. Uh, some couldn't believe the things that Jesus said about himself while he walked on the earth. Uh, other people didn't want to believe it at all. Some people really wanted Jesus to be the, the savior or the leader that they thought he should be. And, and this has been an ongoing thing. And when we study who Jesus is, when it comes to the Trinity, uh, when it comes to that part of the Godhead, we, we have to dig a little bit deeper into scriptures because often, just like many others, we can hear the opinions of people. Uh, we can wonder about these things he said about himself. We can read the Bible and the claims in scripture and we, we, we begin to question, Jesus, who are you really? What does this mean for me? What's my relationship to Jesus supposed to be like? And as we dig a little bit deeper, if we go a little bit further, I want us to understand that the Jesus of Scripture, when we allow the Word of God to form and shape who Jesus is in us, it changes our perspective, and we will actually learn to see Jesus as God, the Son of God who was God. Things begin to change in how we respond to Jesus. You see, we all have an opportunity to make a response to Jesus 
not only when it comes to salvation, but who he will be in our lives and how we view Jesus. And, and when we talk about Jesus as part of the Trinity, we, we need to dive a little bit deeper into a few areas. And one of the things I want to do today is I want us to cover five things we need to know about Jesus. There's five things that I want you to know that I'm reminding myself of that, about who Jesus is. And the first one today is this. When we dig into the scriptures, when we dig into the Bible, we begin to see in a fresh way that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Now, this is a distinctive that sets us apart from a lot of other religions because you want to start a, a religious argument, you want to start a, a, a conversation and have a debate with someone about uh, Jesus. Uh, if you talk about Jesus as someone who healed people, you want to talk about him as a great teacher, uh, as someone with good morals, you want to talk about him as a real historical figure in people, fine. A lot of people will agree with you. But the minute you say Jesus is God, that changes a lot of things, especially when it comes to other religions. And when we study the word of God and we see that we serve one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Jesus the Son, Jesus being God becomes a big deal. In Colossians, it says this. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus is the reflection. He's the, the, the visible picture of who God is. It says he existed before anything was created and he is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and holds all creation together. Jesus is one in the same with the Godhead. In John chapter one, we see a few more verses about Jesus. Verse one to three, it says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. Now, what does this mean? Now, why is all of a sudden the Bible talking about the word being at the beginning? Well, it says in verse 14, so the word became human and he made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. The son of God, Jesus, the son is God. John chapter one, verse 18 says, no one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. You see, Jesus becomes the visible picture of how we see God. It says in another part of the New Testament that if you have, Jesus said to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen my father and the way that Jesus moved and lived and responded to people and the way he uh, portrayed himself and upheld himself in humanity was a picture of God the Father moving among us. And so we have to understand that when we talk about Jesus, we're not talking about simply a good man who was used by God, but rather he was God wrapped up in humanity in human form and Jesus was God who made a way to restore humanity back to relationship with 
the Father. Colossians says it this way, that when Jesus walked on this earth, it says, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. One of the other interesting things about Jesus being God was he made this statement about himself in John 8, 58. And if you go throughout the New Testament and you look at the I am statements of God in the Old Testament, you start looking at some I am statements of Jesus in the New Testament, he either had to be completely crazy or he actually believed and he knew that he was God. In John 8, 58, it says, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. And he's using this I am reference to the I am God. And and so when we study Jesus, when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about the Trinity, one of the things we need to know about Jesus, we need to know about the Son, is that Jesus is God. But it brings us to a whole other side of the coin where we start looking at Jesus as God. We have to understand and we have to see that Scripture also teaches that Jesus was fully human. It's like this crazy thing. So he is fully God and he is fully man. And I think sometimes we hear statements like this around church and we wonder and we, we, we question, but then we kind of brush past it really quickly because have you ever stopped to wonder why is this so important? Why is it important for Jesus to be fully God and to be fully man? Uh, one of the interesting things that I've discovered over reading uh, through the New Testament, and I've heard other pastors teach on this, is that the one thing that Jesus continually does in Scripture, uh, a lot of times when he dealt with, uh, you know, spirits or he dealt with uh, unbelieving people, that they would call him the Son of God. I, uh, you know, anytime he dealt with a demon-possessed person or anything, like that, they, they knew him as the Son of God. But Jesus keeps referring to himself as the Son of Man also. Because there was something in Jesus that knew that his humanity was important to the saving of humanity. You know, you know, even demonic forces that recognize Jesus as God, they don't want him to be fully human because it was the fact that he was fully human that gave him the right and the ability to identify with man, to be a sacrifice and pay the penalty for our sin. Because justice needed to be appeased. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16, the writer put it this way. It says, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, so this is after Jesus has gone back to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, who is God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, for there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And what this is showing us is that even though Jesus is God, he was also fully human and he was tested and tempted and tried and he experienced all the, the pains, the joys, the sorrows of humanity. And there was an identification with humanity when Jesus came, which actually made him able to be the sacrifice needed for sin. In the Old Testament, they used to sacrifice uh, uh, an animal and, and the shed blood would create what they called atonement. There would be a covering for a time for your sin. But to pay the ultimate penalty for the justice of sin and, and, and the judgment against sin, that the blood, there, there had to be shedding of blood and Jesus had to be human to do this. But not only that, he became flesh and he experienced all that we experience. And his humanity 
reveals that he understands everything that you face, everything that I face. And it leads us to a place where we realize that we have not only a God who loves us, that reveals himself to us as one who knows what we will face and go through in this life. And because he overcame, because he went to the cross, because he finished the work, we can look forward with hope to understand that our salvation is secure because he paid the price and made a way for us back to the Father. So when we start talking about Jesus, it gets really heavy real quick because we're talking about Jesus is God. He's fully God. He is fully human. And then we come to this next thing that we need to know about Jesus. Number three is this, that we actually need to understand and we need to know that Jesus is the only way back to the Father. In Colossians chapter one, verse 20, it says uh, that it was through Jesus God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and earth because of Christ's blood on the cross. Uh, in Ephesians 2, 13, it says we've been brought near because of the, the blood of Christ, that we were once a far away, but now we've been brought near. And it shows us that Jesus is the way back to the Father. Have you ever been working on something, trying to make something work, realizing that there's probably only one way to do it, but you're gonna try 50,000 other ways to make it happen because maybe you're stubborn like me, maybe, uh, maybe you just think you can figure it out a different way, but really when it comes down to it and you realize if you just followed the right path, it would have been a whole lot easier. Often in our lives, I think in our humanity, we think I wanna make myself right with God on my own. I wanna, I wanna do the right things. I wanna say the right things. I wanna, I wanna work real hard at it and I wanna get better. But can I tell you, we need to be reminded over and over again that we could never do it on our own. And the fact that Jesus is God, the fact that he was fully human, the fact that he made a way for us brings us to this understanding that he is the only way we can come back to the heart of the Father and live and receive the life that we didn't deserve, that we could never earn, that we could never accomplish on our own. It happens because of Jesus. Relationship with God is made possible because of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 19 says this, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Church, we can be received by the Father because his justice is satisfied when we come to him on the basis of the grace and relationship we have with Jesus. When Jesus shed his blood, he provided covering that is eternal for us to receive a free gift of grace. And when God the Father sees us, he sees us through the blood of Jesus. He sees us as made new, as able to receive his grace and his love. And we live out a life that we could not earn and we don't deserve on our own. But because of Jesus, we're able to have that relationship. Colossians 1 verse 21 says, this includes all of you who were once far away from God. 
talks about how even though we were his enemies, even though we were evil in our thought and actions, that Jesus' physical death, his physical body dying on the cross brings us to a place where we can enter the presence of God and we can stand before him made new and made clean. You know, when we study who God is, the deeper we get into it and the deeper we get into scripture and how he reveals himself, the more grateful I become, the more we begin to see that God is is for us. You see, the fourth thing that I want us to know about Jesus is that Jesus reveals to us and he's the very representation that God is for humanity. You might have heard this before. You might have heard someone say, God is for you, and you can't even wrap your mind around it or understand how, but the very fact that God sent Jesus, the very fact that Jesus came to earth to live among us, to be with us, to die for us, it shows that God is for humanity. I think all of us have asked this question before. I think we've asked at times, is God for me? Does he even care? Does he love me? Does it really matter? Or am I just gonna try and do all the right things through life and wake up one day and find out it was never enough and I was never good enough and and there was nothing I could have done? But when we look at our relationship with God through Jesus, we get to see that God is for us because he came. In Matthew chapter one, verse 23, there's this fulfillment of prophecy, even at the birth of Jesus at Christmas time, there was this prophecy that says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, so they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And I might've said this before, and maybe you've heard me talk about this, but You know, one of the greatest answers to this question about whether or not God is for us, whether he loves us, whether he cares, is shown and revealed to be true in the fact that God made the first move. When we messed up, God made the first move towards restoration. The Father sends Jesus, and Jesus comes down from heaven, leaves that place, lives among us, becomes flesh, takes on humanity, all the pain, grief, sorrow, everything associated with it, and he comes for us. He was sent because the Father sought restoration, and he came because he knew it was the only way for us to be made right with God. Now, this is amazing. This is incredible for us to start understanding, but sometimes the knowledge of all of it isn't enough. Sometimes talking through these theologies, talking through these doctrines, talking through uh, a lot of these things, we can understand them. We can say Jesus is God. We can say he was fully God. He was fully human. We can say that he's the only way back to the Father. We can say that God is for you. He's with you, but I want you to understand something else about Jesus. The fifth thing is this, an encounter with Jesus actually has the power to change everything. See, Jesus is not only meant to be learned about, he is meant to be encountered, to be experienced, to have a relationship with, 
so we can know that he is for us, he's with us, and we can experience the grace that he's meant us to have. Let's go back to our story about the blind man in John chapter nine. The craziest thing about this scripture was the very first question the disciples ask about his sickness, about his infirmity, they're wondering whose fault is this Jesus? Like seriously, Jesus, whose fault is it? He's blind for a reason. Were his parents bad people? Did he somehow sin in the womb? Was he? And Jesus just said, this, this isn't about his sin or his parents' sin. And Jesus turns it around to make it about bringing a light and a glory to himself so people can see and understand that when someone encounters Jesus, things can begin to change. And can I tell you from that story, the man's sight changed, his vision changed, religious perspectives were rattled, the disciples' perspective was changed, all the baggage they had about religiosity and all these other things began to swirl in their hearts and it began to change because in a moment of time, in an encounter with Jesus, we had a man who now had a testimony that said, I don't know all the theology, I don't know all of the things, I don't know all of the stuff, but what I do know is this. I was blind and now I can see. I was blind and now I can see. And when he encountered Jesus, it changed everything for him. But the story doesn't end there. And when we come back to the story in John chapter nine, verse 35 to 37, Jesus is watching what's going on. The Pharisees can't handle it. His parents are even kind of like, we're being questioned by the religious leaders. Why are his eyes open? You're lying, was he really born blind? Or, you know, did you guys just put on this elaborate hoax for years and years? And guess what? Through all of the questioning and all the wondering, and here you have a man that's had this experience, this encounter, and he goes, I don't know what's changed, but something's changed, and I was blind, and now I can see, and my life has, uh, has a new shift and a purpose in it. Jesus comes back to the man, in John chapter nine, verse 35 to 37, it says this, when Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and he asked him, he says, do you believe in the son of man? And the man answered, he said, who is he, sir? For I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. And this man began to follow because he had an encounter with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I believe that an encounter with Jesus, the God who is with us, who is for humanity, who makes a way forward, who understands everything that we face, everything that we're ever gonna go through is more powerful than any act of religion or theological study. And it's these encounters which reveal the heart of God and the possibilities of a relationship with him day in and day out. You see, we think sometimes we have an encounter with Jesus in a moment at one time and we pray a prayer and that's it. But I'm telling you that the more we encounter Jesus, the more we encounter his presence, the more we open our eyes to the word of God and we see who Jesus is, the more we allow Jesus to be the God of scripture and the God, the Lord of our life, the way he's meant to be, the more our lives will be forever transformed and changed. And Jesus is revealing himself to us. 
He wants us to encounter with him. These encounters should never stop. It should never be same old, same old, and, and it happens at times, but there is always something to be found in an encounter with Jesus. Because whatever you're facing and whatever you're going through, an encounter with Jesus has the power to change everything. Maybe it'll change the outcome. Maybe it'll change the sickness. Maybe it'll change your perspective. Maybe it'll change your heart. Maybe it'll just change the depth of trust you have with him. But we need to keep encountering Jesus. And so when I look at stories like this and we dive into theologies like this, I always find myself asking at the end, so well, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to respond? Because it's great to get a lot of teaching, to get a lot of uh, uh, chatter in our hearts and in our minds, but how do I respond? What am I supposed to do next? Well, I really believe with all my heart that our response can be one of two things. And the first one is this. I believe for some of us, we need to make Jesus greater than just a man with good morals and good teaching in our lives. I think for some of us, we actually need to allow Jesus to be God and to be Lord in every area of our lives. And this is a new level of surrender for some of us. Do we make Jesus fit into our lives the way we want him to fit? Or do we make Jesus God and Lord of our life? And do we let who he is shape us, bring us to surrender, bring us forward in who he is step by step? But the second challenge is this. Maybe for some of us, Maybe the challenge is going to be found in learning how to make Jesus greater than the areas we still need to overcome. And sometimes we have areas that we need to overcome in our own lives, in our own insecurities, in our own thoughts about ourselves. But sometimes we need Jesus' help to overcome our thoughts and perceptions to what he's doing in the lives of others. I just keep thinking about this blind man sitting there. The disciples are walking and the very questions that are swirling were was he, was he suffering because he was a bad person or someone else was a bad person? And man, to hear Jesus say, actually, you know what? It was none of that. And I wanna reveal myself in this situation. I think sometimes in our lives we get so caught in thinking and wondering and questioning how we got where we are and this and that. And yes, there are consequences and there are things that come about because of decisions we make. But sometimes we get so stuck in the happenings of life where we're looking for an answer to how we got there. And maybe what we need to do is we need to start looking about how Jesus can be revealed in our situation and be made greater. Maybe when we look at other people's lives, we can look at them and instead of questioning and pointing a finger or trying to place blame, we can start asking the question and say, Jesus, how do you wanna be revealed in this situation? Jesus is God. He was fully man. 
He's the only way back to the Father. He is the very representation that God is for you and he's for me. And when we encounter him, so many things can change in our lives. But I question today, will we we be willing to put ourselves in the place where we say, Jesus, I need you to be greater than just a good man and just good teachings that fit into my life. I need to allow you to be God, to be Lord. I need to learn a new level of surrender. And Jesus, maybe in some areas, I need to make you greater than my own thoughts, my own insecurities, my own struggles. And I for sure need to make you greater than my perceptions of other people because you are for them, you love them, and you wanna make a way back for all of us. Thanks for listening to the Saints Church Podcast. Tune in next time for another great word.